listen to me. I've got you. I won't let go. ML Soul of Detroit was called the podcast of dreams. And it was. It really was. Or no headphones. Hey, hey kids, it's your old pal ML Elric. Last week, we teased you that we were working on getting a big newsmaker here for this week's show, our special 4th of July edition. And we have delivered. We are bringing you one of the biggest newsmakers in Detroit over the last several years. And it's appropriate that he's here on the 4th of July because he is fighting for his freedom. I will tell you who he is after we welcome uh, co-host, co-pilot, not God, but Mark Fellhauer, who sometimes has a little bit of a God complex, but that's just kind of a Wolverine thing. Oh, Our guest is on fire today, too. Once again, the pre-show, like last week, was on fire. You know, we got to get that Patreon so that people can get this uh, exclusive content. We we still are working on getting the Venmo fixed. What? It doesn't work? Uh, two people inform me that oh, the Venmo shit. is not working. So right, I'm on it. So uh, we're going to go back to the drawing board on that one. But we are going to make it as easy as possible for you to give us your money. That's uh, one of our missions. It's one of the things we truly believe in is, is accepting uh, lavish donations from the people who appreciate this high quality and otherwise free content. But it's free to you. It does cost some money to our sponsors, our presenting sponsor, David Hall and Hall Financial, our premier sponsor, Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies, and a couple of great East Side institutions that support this show, as well as keep me out of trouble, or maybe maybe I kind of get in trouble if I... Well, let's put it this way. Sometimes I leave those places and Teresa isn't so happy to see me when I get home. That would be the Cadu Cafe and Irish Coffee Bar and Grill. We'll be telling you more about all those great establishments a little bit later on the show. But first, we want to welcome Robert Carmack. You know him. I, I, I'm tempted to say that he's a, a local businessman, but he's actually a showman. He's been putting on some free movies outside City Hall and... Uh, Presenting some messages behind airplanes for the last few years to bring attention to his dispute with the city of Detroit and specifically Mayor Mike Duggan. Bob has had so many lawsuits, you'd think that he was a practicing attorney, and he is kind of practicing. Uh, We'll get into that in a second, too. But the reason why we've got Bob here now is because he has been charged with trying to cheat the city out of some property. I will tell you, it is a very bizarre transaction, maybe one of the weirdest land deals I've ever seen, but a judge who reviewed the case said, boy, I don't know if this this meets the test of a crime, passed it on to another judge. That judge sat on it forever, partly because of the pandemic. Then another judge, an outstanding judge, looked at the case and said, this is bullshit, I'm kicking it. And just recently, Bob found out that the charges have been reinstated. So he joins us now to talk about what is going on. Mr. Carmack, how are you today? Good. How are you doing there, Mel? It's good to be with you. We always have an interesting conversation. And I must say, you're a man who never has a dull moment, even though that may seem 
like a welcome change every once in a while. It's just like a movie, baby. It is. So tell us what's going on over at Wayne County Circuit Court. You, this thing was dragging on forever. Looked like it was done, and whammo, it's back. Yeah, I went to court not this last Friday, but the Friday before. I went in front of uh, Judge uh, Cobb, Bradley Cobb, who used to work for uh, uh, Kim Worthy. And he took a look at the case. It had a reconsideration, and he felt that uh, that the case should never been dismissed, that I should keep the charges and keep the case going. So he filed, he f agreed with the prosecutor to keep this case going. So this case has been around so long, I reported on it extensively when I was at Fox 2. And if you've been keeping track of current events, I've been gone for almost three and a half years from Fox 2. In fact, I've been hired by the Free Press twice since I left Fox 2. So it's been a while. But Bob, uh, the, the city of Detroit, so let me go way back because this is, this is truly uh, an extraordinary thing. Bob wanted to develop some, wa some waterfront land in southwest Detroit into a resort. And so he was talking to the Kilpatrick administration. So again, this tells you how far back this goes. And they said, well, we want you to spend some money to try and figure out uh, if this is feasible, if it's viable. So Bob dug into his own pocket and spent some money and had some studies done. And then the Kilpatrick administration called him over and said, if this is going to move forward, you're going to have to, you're going to have to give us some cash. And not the city of Detroit, but us some cash. Bob said no. The plan didn't go forward. But later on, he was offered a deed to some property nearby, not waterfront land, not prime real estate like he was looking for, but a piece of shit piece of land that was probably very worthless, and Bob got the deed, and Bob said, what's this? This must be to make up for the money I spent to study whether or not the plan I wanted to do would go forward. He alerted the city and said, hey, you sent me this deed, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take possession of this property the city didn't say anything so then bob goes to city council and says hey i got this deed i'm going to take possession of this property unless you tell me not to and they said let me see that deed what's going on with this they don't tell him not to and this is all on tape you can see this you can watch these proceedings for yourself somewhere along the line gabe leland gets involved and says hey i can help you with some of your other property disputes those discussions help get bob uh involved in the federal case that that basically got gabe leland kicked off of the council because he was trying to run some hustles too. But this is another case of Bob going to city council and saying, Hey, I want to do this. Is this cool? Stop me if I'm about to do something wrong. Nobody said anything. So eventually he sells the land, sells the land for about a million dollars to a kind of a squirrely looking dude from Chicago, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> it's like everything in the story. Yeah. There's a whole nother story to every yeah. facet of it. And he sells it to a, a business. Was it called Moby Dick Ventures, Bob? Moby Dick Ventures. And what was the name of the guy you sold it to? His name was uh, Conky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so Funky Conky buys Moby Dick Ventures land there. At some point... Duggan becomes mayor, and somebody brings his attention. Hey, Carmack sold some land that's ours. And they start investigating, and then they decide, you know what? We're not going to sue Bob Carmack over this transaction. We're going to charge him with a crime. So they go to the Wayne County prosecutor. Wayne County prosecutor says, nope, nope, I can't do it. I got a conflict of interest here because Bob is fighting with the county treasurer. The county treasurer writes our paychecks. Doesn't really write them, just signs them. So I got a conflict. So then it goes to the state prosecutor's association so they can assign it to another prosecutor the prosecutor in flint takes it 
And so now we got this prosecutor driving from Genesee County almost every day to take this case through the preliminary examination stage, which really just means where a judge says whether this is bullshit or whether there's enough of a question here for a jury to decide whether someone's guilty. This was a very long and protracted process. At the end of it, the judge said, you know what? This looks weird, but it doesn't really make a clear case that someone's committed a crime. So I don't think you can make the case, city, but I'm going to forward it to the circuit court where these trials are held and let them make sense of it. It lingers there for years, like this story, which is wrapping up shortly, so thank you for your patience. (laughs) (laughs) And then a new judge takes over because the judge who had it gets elevated to another position, a higher position, and this judge looks at it, and in real short order, Michael Callahan is a judge. He's the same guy who heard the Kwame Kilpatrick whistleblower case that led to Kwame Kilpatrick's downfall, the case in which the text messages emerged. Callahan, who's been around is a former prosecutor and a former priest. A lot of weird people in this, but we're going to leave that aside for a moment. (laughs) Looks at the case and says, this is bullshit. Get rid of it. And by the way, what's on your feet, Mr. Carmack? Mm. And Bob says, I'm wearing some tethers because they're trying to jack me up on a DUI case. He says, cut those off. Set this man free. And Bob, not a dancing man as far as I know, goes dancing out of court feeling light as a feather. And everything's copacetic. That was the last we saw of you. Yeah. yeah. In front of the cameras in October. Yep. In front of uh, in front of the Spirit of Detroit with a lot of people who think Bob's getting railroaded. Mike Duggan was not there. He doesn't really <laughs> like it when Bob comes to City Hall, especially when he's dragging a truck with a video screen. And then Bob goes to court and they said, no, the, the, the prosecutor said, no, we want, it, we want you to reconsider whether this should be kicked. Callahan's off the case because he was just filling in for a, a vacancy. Now there's a permanent judge in there. And he says, as Bob just told us, you're going to trial, son. And Bob, you do not have a lawyer. So what the hell are you going to do, my friend? Hey, I'm going to court, brother. I'm going to court. He was going to put those tethers back on me also. And I, I didn't. He asked the prosecutor three times, do you want those tethers back on me? I said, listen, I got stage four cancer, brother. This is what these tethers cause. He, the judge was going to put those tethers back on me. So did they put them back on? Nope. No. Okay. Well, well I mean, you had one on. How long did you have one on before? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. And you didn't take it off. You didn't do anything. So why bother putting it back on you? I've been on bond for five years. I ain't done nothing in five years. I shouldn't even have a bond. Are you surprised by this? Are you surprised that it's back? No, it's all political. Everything is. See, I had, uh, I'm with the council continuously, and the situation is that uh, I was trying to get Duggan ev- taken out of, of uh, City Hall. And I was doing that because he brought false charges on me, malicious prosecution, abuse of power, and so forth. If he brought these charges on me because I caught him cheating on his wife and so forth, he can be removed from council. I can't get Kim Worthy. I couldn't get Dana Nessel. I couldn't get anybody to bring charges on him. Hmm. So he knew that. So he got to the judge, right, who this guy worked for Kim Worthy. So this guy, Cobb, works for Kim Worthy, who started this process, right, the investigation, with no documents in it, with no witnesses and so forth. Of course he's going to protect her. I don't care. 
You know, I'm going to bring in Kwame Kirkpatrick because he's the one started this. I'm going to bring in Derek Miller. I'm going to bring in Mike Duggan. I'm going to bring his wife. I'm going to bring his ex-wife. I'm going to bring his girlfriend, his dog, whoever I bring in here. Damn, you're going after a man's dog. Well, let, let, let's let's try and keep this record. <laughs> he said the dogs were outside at the house that he lived in, remember? I don't remember that, but there's been so many twists and turns. I'm I'm still trying to keep up with uh, Conky and Moby Dick, but we need to keep the record straight here because there's a lot going on, and Bob is very wrapped up in this and very passionate about this. But what Bob is basically saying is that he thinks Mayor Duggan got the cops to bring charges against him and to get the prosecutor to bring charges against him. The mayor denies this. We don't have any evidence of that. But the fact of the matter is Bob is in a dispute with the city of Detroit. The mayor has said that Bob tried to take land that wasn't his, and we have to make sure that the city doesn't let people rob us blind, which is a pretty reasonable position for a chief executive. However, it's extraordinary that a case like this has been brought. This is a case that I think the judge may have said this too, probably should be a civil matter, which means a lawsuit where somebody tries to sue Bob and say, Bob, this transaction didn't pass muster, so you have, you got to give us the million dollars that you got for the land sale. Now, I'm pretty sure Bob has spent that million dollars on lawyers trying to stay out of jail because this guy's had more lawyers than a friggin' bar association picnic, but he's defending himself. And, you know, as, as I tell you, Bob, when we have these conversations, I see a lot of people go to court without a lawyer and uh, generally it does not go well. So how are you going to, how are you going to keep yourself out of stir defending yourself? Well, let I mean, me you see. have, as you've said, I'm just a guy from Michigan Avenue, you know, trying to make a living. You do not have a law degree. No, I'm looking to get a co-counsel to help me. Uh, I know the evidence. I know the documentation. They have no witnesses. They have no documentation. How can you get this far into the judicial system with no witnesses that have facts and no documentation? I should just walk up to the judge and I already filed motions that the case should be dismissed because of no witnesses and documentation. In 2007, nobody was there that's here now. Mayor Duggan, I tried to depose him. He says he knows nothing about it. Chuck Ramey, I tried to depose him. He knows nothing about it. Well, if nobody knows nothing about it, how do I get charged? A couple other things we should probably note. When Kimworthy passed on this case, for folks who don't know what the dynamics are like in Wayne County and Detroit, Kimworthy does not like Mike Duggan. And I don't see Kimworthy doing Mike Duggan a favor. However, Bob thinks that the prosecutor in Genesee County might be doing Duggan a favor. I don't have any evidence to support that. But this case is going forward, and it's dragging on, and it is... You know, when I first heard about this case, I thought, well, Bob, you, you took some land and, and you sold it, and uh, it's kind of a weird transaction. I think you're in trouble. And then I, I consulted with Peter Henning, the late, great Peter Henning, who's a law professor at Wayne State University and a former federal prosecutor, a federal prosecutor who's so smart that current prosecutors rely on on his his opinion and his his research to decide what they're going to do. And he told me, if there's no intent, yeah. it's going to be a tough case. And I said, well, what's intent? Well, intent is you get the land, you're like, I'm going to rip these mother scratchers off. And I said, well, Bob went to city council and said, I got this deed. I'm going to, I'm going to re record it, which means basically take possession of the property, if you tell me, unless you tell me not to. And he did it on multiple occasions. He said, they're going to have a tough time proving intent 
when the guy says, basically, stop me before I kill. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, law, all legal stuff aside, when you look at it and you say, here's a guy who said, I have this deed, I'm going to sell it, I have this deed, I'm going to sell it, and nobody stops you, and then you sell it, and then they're like, hey, wait a sec, and then all charges get dismissed in October of last year, and then they come up again. I totally understand why it feels very personal for another reason, be it a, um, you know, following the mayor around or whatever. I mean, that just... Legal stuff aside, that's what it feels like. Well, let me say this. A deed is a receipt. That's all it is. I know, you know, I learned this for five years. A deed is receipt. It says paid in full. What people don't understand is that I gave the city a bunch of money in 2004 to 2006. And I did environmental drawings and all that. I gave them this information. I spent a lot of money. They gave me this deed to this property to make me whole for the money i spent they you cannot have people spend money leave deposits on property it's like buying a house you you put 10 grand on a house a person can't sell it the problem is during mike duggan when he came in he tried to squeeze me also he wanted me to pay 10 20 000 a month to this guy mike garvalia or he wanted me to partner with his family member and i wouldn't do neither so that's how I got to the point I am here today. Yeah, and there's some other, you know, there's so many crazy <laughs> twists and turns here. The other thing I should mention is Bob was paying the property taxes on this yeah, land. There you go. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's not like he just said, well, shit, somebody gave me a deed. If nobody knows, I'm going to cash in. I mean, he was acting in every sense like the owner. And, you know, it, it, listen, the, the city's property management system was a disaster for decades. No one could get their hands around it. And now they finally do seem to have their shit together when it comes to figuring out what the city owns. And what the city claims is that's when they found out about this transaction. And they're just trying to hold people's feet to the fire. But I, I really have never gotten a good answer to the question, then why not just sue Bob? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Simple, the, yeah. the, the burden of proof is lower than criminal case. I mean, OJ was not convicted of murder, but he did get, he did lose a lawsuit against the, uh, the, where the Goldman family basically convinced a jury that he had killed Nicole. And so they got all his swag. You know, it, it's, it does seem that the criminal court is, is a strange venue for this, particularly when the district court judge said, Hey city, I got to tell you, I think you're, you're going to have a tough time making this case. Has anybody offered you a plea deal, Bob? Has, has, has any prosecutor come to you and said, you know what, Bob, if you can just give us 500 grand or just admit you you did something wrong, you can plead down to something like, um, you know, uh, filing a false document or some misdemeanor charge because, you know, prosecutors gave Gabe Leland a pretty sweet deal when they knew he was taking bribes. Prosecutors are known to let cases basically go for for a minor charge just to resolve them and move on to other stuff. No, they haven't offered me a deal at all. I've been in this case for five years. Everybody gets a deal offered to them. I'm, I'm in the civil case, and the situation is in the civil case. That just started up six months ago. And the situation is that uh, right now, you know, they're suing B&C Land Company. They're suing me personally, and they're suing Moby Dick. Well, the situation is they're trying to quiet the title and get the property. Well, they don't even want money. 
like they said, they out of a million dollars. People don't understand. It just wasn't Melville that was sold. There was eight pieces of property. Melville wasn't worth ten dollars. Matter of fact, it has two million dollar environmental cleanup on it. So you got to subtract that. The other pieces of property were clean property that got sold all in the package deal. And the situation is that this civil case is BNC is no longer a live LLC. That was bought by Moby Dick. Moby Dick bought all the assets of uh, BNC. They took the assets out of BNC and put them in Moby Dick. So BNC is owned by Moby Dick. The city of Detroit, the quiet title, they have to send a notice out to anybody that owned that property and so forth. Robert Carmack personally did not own any of that property. My name ain't at the Register of Deeds owning that property and the deed to my name. So their civil suit is frivolous. They just did that to ruin my name. They called me a thief in it, and they did that after I filed a civil suit against Mayor Duggan personally and the city of Detroit. So there are multiple cases out there. There's uh, You're involved in some civil litigation, which is basically a lawsuit. Uh, and I think that's where, now that we're talking about it, that's where the Moby Dick name came up. I think the property is right off of Melville, and I think mm -hmm. some clever conky thought that oh herman melville wrote moby dick so we'll call it moby dick ventures or whatever but uh, but they haven't done anything with the land either but but the thing bob that that it continues to amaze me is you've got a you've got a lawsuit going you've got a criminal case with the lawsuit maybe they win and a judge says we're going to award you zero dollars or they order b and c to pay a million dollars. Well, like you said, B and C doesn't exist anymore, so good luck getting the million dollars out of something that doesn't exist anymore. But this criminal case, this is your ass. This isn't like, we're going to take your house. This is like, no, we're going to put you in a house, and it's going to have bars on the windows. And if you want to see your kids, it's only going to be during visiting hours, and you're not going to be able to hug them. And I know how much you love your kids. So, you know, you are, a, you know, folks watching us on YouTube and on Facebook will see the Bob is a pretty calm dude. I would be shitting bricks right now if I was facing criminal charges and didn't have a lawyer. And, and co-counsel, you know, you're not, you're not the greatest guy in the world when it comes to listening to your lawyers. You are pretty good at telling them to beat it. <laughs> I, you know, how many, what, what are you doing, man? Hey, I'm looking at 14 years, baby. 14 years in prison, you know, for doing nothing. I've done nothing wrong. I believe in God. God's got my back. That's all I can tell you. I haven't done one thing wrong. I ain't never going to do anything wrong. My kids come first. That's why I would never pay off Kwame Kirkpatrick, Derek Miller, Mike Duggan, or partner with his family member. Because my children are more important than money or power. Couple, couple quick questions. Duggan said he was going to um, refer your stalking or harassment to the state police. Did the state police ever come to you and say, we have an investigation? Did you ever find out of any investigation by the state police? No, there was no. They investigated, but they found out that there wasn't nothing and so forth. I wasn't stalking him. Matter of fact, they sent me a phone number. Uh, this guy named, uh, he owns Metrotech. He sent me Duggan's phone number two days after his press conference, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know if it's Duggan's phone number. We should call it right now and see if it is. But he sent it to me, and I said, why'd you send me this phone number, right? And I looked at it, and it said Mayor Duggan and it had a phone number, and I said, it was Louis Hassan. Louis Hassan's from Metrotech. ML knows who Louis is. 
<laughs> I, I, I would not say that we spend much time breaking pita bread, but uh, yeah. You know. No Nemos? No, Louis, Louis is a name that comes. He, so Metrotech, you may think it's a cell phone company by the name. It's a tow company. And, and Louis, let's just say Louis has caught the eye of many people who are concerned about transactions in City Hall that may or may not be of illegal variety. I think that's the nicest way to say it. Right. And the situation is I never stole no property. I never did anything, any, any, anything wrong. Only thing I did was catch Mayor cheating on his wife. I put a billboard up and the dummy towed on itself. You know, mm. what can I do? So, okay, a million-dollar deal that they're trying to go after you criminally for. Yeah. What do you feel when you see them lauding all these development deals and the tax breaks for, say, Gilbert or Ross – for multi multi million dollars, and then you're like, "Well, why are you coming after me for a one million dollar deal? What do you personally feel about that?" Well, that's the situation. I go to city council continuously, you know, and tell them exactly they need to investigate this situation. They need to investigate the mayor, right? They need to do this. They did a investigation. Uh, Whitaker did, mm-hmm. and they found out that if he brought these charges on me falsely, that he should be removed from mayor. I didn't get a million dollars off this property. My end up getting was five hundred and something thousand dollars. Okay, there's two hundred fifty-five thousand dollars paid in taxes. Okay, if you, this is your property and it wasn't my property, give my money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I went to wait. Uh, with Tovich. I went to all of them. Right, said, so give my money back. You you did this to me on the Michigan Avenue property where you took back right and gave me my tax money. Give me the tax money. They won't give it back. Mm. Government enriches herself on taxes. Mm-hmm. The taxes are paid. It's all legit deal. I just can't believe you have no, f- well, not fear, but you're very confident um, going up against this massive uh, machine of, you know, judges and prosecutors and the city. And yet it feels to me like you just, you're like a backroom, not backroom deal, but like a personal deal. Like, hey, this is what I did. If you don't like it, give me your money back. But you have full confidence in fighting the, these charges that they'll just the judge will dismiss them again. Is that? I don't believe that I can win with the judges, and I don't really believe that I can win with a jury. I believe these guys are so crooked they'll pay a jury off. So what do you think is going to happen then? I may go to jail, but there ain't nothing I can do. But I can, I'm doing right, and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And the situation, if they pay off juries, let them pay off juries. If they promote more judges, let them promote more judges. This is the third judge that's got promoted by Gretchen Whitmore. The first one was Cynthia Miller in my exam. She got promoted to circuit court. The second judge is No Hood. He had my case for three years. He got my case at the beginning. He got a promoted to appeals court in three years when there's thousands of judges waiting to be promoted. The next judge I get is uh, this Cobb who, you know, worked for Kim Worthy, who started all this. Kim Worthy did not look at this investigative package till after I filed that lawsuit. And the only reason why she did it is because Mike Duggan supported Dana Nesso, who is her best friend, about three months after I filed that lawsuit. They cut a deal. People well, don't know that. So we have to be clear. There's no evidence of this. This is what Bob believes. It feels a little conspiratorial. Yeah, and, and, Just, and yeah, uh, you know, Kim Worthy, again, I don't see her doing any favors for Mike Duggan. Maybe what she should have done was say, I'm going to look at this case and say, we're not bringing charges because yeah. there ain't much to work with here. But 
it is a strange situation. I've never seen a case like this. Um, Bob's a different kind of cat, as you may have been able to gather. I mean, he hired detectives to follow Mayor Duggan around. Um, he's got a little bit of the fractured syntax. His uh, his record keeping is what I would call unorthodox. Um, and I say that as someone who's had, you know. He's got papers. He's got papers, man. Yeah. His filing cabinet uh, bears a striking resemblance to a dashboard. Um, but, but somehow he is pulling this case together and can you please get a lawyer yeah i mean oh, please <laughs> no we're fighting it all the way to city hall baby i'm going to see the mayor tonight he's got a town hall meeting you need to come out there guys you need to see the real <laughs> oh, yes. deal this is the council this is the uh charter mandated district meetings that uh the mayor and council are supposed to meet each city council district i think once a year so uh so yeah when when the when the mayor is out and about, Bob tends to show up and Bob tends to attract a bit of a crowd because he has become so I, I'm but good. I, you know, also a to folk that, hero. The what? A folk hero. Yeah, Bob was a guy who actually was in those smoke filled rooms. He knew a lot of these politicians and he was kind of a backroom player, but this whole dispute with the city has turned him into something of folk hero because he has become the symbol for people who do not trust city council or the mayor or government as someone who's willing to stand up and speak out. And from being someone who I think was pretty cozy with Gabe Leland and folks like that, Bob is the one when Gabe tried to hit him up for some dough who went to the FBI and said, I'm being shaken down. And the FBI said, wear this wire. And he got Gabe basically running a hustle and it ended Gabe Leland's Career so Bob has gone from the, fed, being, the feds are not happy with you there though. Well, right? yeah, they're they're mad that Bob's getting in all yeah. these other legal entanglements. So so that they're they're not in love anymore. But but Bob has gone from being a behind the scenes guy to being basically a folk hero. And when you see the mayor, he's got to know you're in the room. What what's that dynamic mm. like? Well, he almost wants to shit his pants if you want to know the truth. <laughs> you know, shit. I I've. I met him at a town hall meeting, and he goes, you need some therapy and stuff. I said, you need therapy. You brought these false charges on me. Tell me who's the witnesses, right, that told you I stole this deed. Well, well, you're crazy. You're crazy. You need to go get I went to city council. He locked the doors where I couldn't get in there and be in the same room with him. I mean, this guy is petrified of me. Matter of fact, here I'll tell you a story. My, I, I don't think the mayor can lock the doors at city council. I mean, they, they got their own gig there on the 13th. Now, sometimes they lock them because they can't fit any more people in the room or because they're reporters they don't like. But Well, um, well maybe they don't like uh, Bob. Yeah, they didn't like me because there was... Well, they no, used to like him when he was donating to their campaigns. Exactly. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, the situation is it wasn't packed in that room. He locked that okay. door. Let me tell you another story. The president of the United States came to Virgie Rollins' house. And this Virgie was a, Rollins is a big Democratic uh, operative in Detroit. Exactly. Or, excuse me, in Michigan. Yep. No, in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. But she's she's from Flint, right? She's from Benton Harbor. Benton Harbor. Okay. But big big time Democratic player. Yeah. She lives in Palmer Park for the last many years and so okay. forth. Okay. So we're going to see Virgie after the show, but keep going. So the situation is, she invites me and President or Vice President Biden's coming to her house, right? And the situation is that uh, I didn't know who else was coming. Well, guess who he pulls up in the car with? Mayor Duggan. 
Mayor Duggan is in the car with Vice President Biden. They're in the car. Alexis Wiley walks through the door. So does Reggie Turner from Clark Hill. And they saw me. They call, you can see him pick the phone up and call Doug and tell him that Carmack's in there. He goes to the vice president and says, listen, I can't go in there. And and vice president goes, why? He says, that Bob Carmack's in there. He said, can you have your special protection team go in there and have him removed? And he had his own protection team. They came in there, asked Virgie Rollins to have me removed because the mayor would not come in there with the vice president because I was there. She comes up to me, asks me, will you leave because the vice president can't come in? The vice president said to Duggan, this is after what I heard, what's the matter with you? Why won't you go in there? Who's this guy? So I end up leaving, right? And vice president came in and Mayor Duggan come in. Virgie bawled his ass out for asking me to come in. She never even invited him to come. And meanwhile, you and Hunter Biden were doing shots outside. Is that what happened? Yeah, we're at the strip club enjoying <laughs> ourselves and so forth, smoking some crack, snorting some heroin, you know, what the hell, the usuals. Again, we don't have any substantiation. But, I don't do but, none of that, sir. But, but, but that story sounds... I children. I got children. Clearly sarcastic. That, that story sounds a little easier to, to prove. There's, uh, there's some fact patterns there that fit uh, what's already been acknowledged by the players on the public record, but... Uh, so, so ML, can I ask you? Can I ask you a question, Mel? How unusual is it for them to reinstate charges after they were tossed by a judge? Well, first of all, it's unusual that you have three judges on a case. I mean, that's. I mean, I, I'm I've ne- I'm not aware of that. Now, I don't cover criminal justice all the time, but I've never heard of anything like yeah. that. But uh, it's strange uh, to me if um, if a judge said we're kicking this case. I mean, the prosecution, I guess, has a chance to say reconsider, and the judge looks at it and says, yeah. But, um, again, I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not an expert in in these sorts of things, but my thinking would be if you're a new judge and you probably have a full docket and you've got a case that that's a mess, that the, uh, the judge that bounded over for trial said, boy, this doesn't look like a real good case to me, and another judge, an experienced judge, a respected judge who looked at it says, this is horse shit. You might just say, I think we're going to move on to other matters. So it is, it seems extraordinary to me that the case is moving forward. But you know what? If it's a dog shit case, then Bob should win. And that's the way the system's supposed to work. Bob believes that everybody's out to get him. And, you know, sometimes because I, I, you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get exactly, you. Yeah. I don't share Bob's feeling that that juries are being paid off and that judges are being paid off. I mean, I need to see evidence of that for me to, to buy into that. But this is an extraordinary case. And, and what I'm more flabbergasted by is that, that Bob knows or believes he's going into a stacked deck and he's going to go in there rolling solo with, I guess, with you know advising counsel. But, but Bob is, he's good at hiring lawyers. He's not great at listening to him or taking their advice. <laughs> hey, listen, ML, this now, case... Now, of course, he's still free, so something's going right, right? Hey, let me tell you, this case should have been dismissed the first day. This is not a criminal case. This is not a civil case. But, is- but but it is a criminal. It's become a criminal case. You're in the criminal yeah. courts. What should have happened, what, what, what would have happened, what might have happened, this is where you are, and your reality is, whether you think this is on the level or not, you are staring down 
a prison sentence. I mean, there's what you think should be, and then there is what is, and you got to deal with what is. And, you know, I... See, we go by statutes in this state. We go by the Constitution of the United States. The deed, delivery of deed, follows the statute by the state of Michigan. It follows the Constitution of the state of Michigan. It's the law. A deed is a receipt. It's the law. I'm not guilty of anything. It, it says paid in full. It said I got a closing statement say paid in full. This is the way it is. And there's no reason to ever think that that isn't the actual deed because that seemed to be their argument. So no, they already That's said the whole, yeah. they already said in record it's her deed. Yeah. It's signed by everybody. It's not signed by me. It's notarized. It says paid in full. It, it's a done deal. For me to be in court is crazy. I, I agree. Yeah. So this case is gonna is gonna move forward. Bob, when are you back in court? Uh, I go back on uh, July seventeenth. July seventeenth. And what's gonna happen? What, what's the what's the event on the seventeenth? I think it's a status conference. Okay. So, so they're gonna set some dates to move forward for motions and evidentiary stuff and everything, which is seems like it should have been done years ago. Okay. Um, We're but, starting over. You start. Oh, okay. Fresh start. Fantastic. Five years yeah. later. Okay. Well, you don't look a day over five years later. Um, when you go into court, uh, are you who? Who's going to be with you? Other than 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 God is your co-pilot and uh, and uh, God's my co-pilot, and, and, baby. And a, and a pair of balls are going to be hard to find a courtroom chair to fit. But <laughs> hey, man, I just dragged them some bitches around everywhere with. <laughs> I can hear them clanking over here, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little worried they may be knocking against some prison bars if you don't have some proper legal representation there. Because because here's the other thing. You can say all this stuff, and, and let's assume that you're right. Let's just stipulate that everything you have to say is on the level. The other part of the United States justice system is that this country was founded by lawyers, and one of the things you get when a country is founded by lawyers, it becomes a... It becomes a uh, guaranteed labor racket for lawyers i mean they spend three years learning how to speak in latin just to do regular stuff you don't speak latin sometimes i'm wondering how much english you speak because you know you just kind of shoot from the hip and the lip there are things that you're going to want to say and there's things you're going to want to do but if you don't know how to do them and you don't know how to follow those rules the judge is going to say i'm sorry mr carmack you know, you're not following proper procedure. Either follow proper procedure, we're going to have to move on. And, and I mean, there may be evidence that doesn't get introduced just because you don't know how they play this game. See, the, see, the thing is, I got transcripts from the exam of what happened there. I also have the exhibits. So the situation is the case is already set up. The first exhibit is a statue, which is the law. And the motion that was written by Steve Haney, my attorney then, that's why Callahan kicked the case, because it is the statute. It fits it. It's been there since 1891, this deed law. There, it doesn't say copy. It doesn't say original. It says a deed. A deed is a receipt. It's just like a car title. This ain't, this ain't, they can't take me to court, to trial, or anything. This judge who made this decision, he's going to make a fool out of himself. And I don't really care if he does or don't, because guess what? Public corruption is bad. Mm. And this is, I mean, if this is how they want to do it, I'm going to bring Kim Worthy in. 
I'm going to bring Dana Ness on. I'm going to bring Mike Duggan. I'm going to bring in uh, Karpatrick, the whole gang. We're going to have an enjoyable time. And guess what? When I said I had 30 witnesses, you saw, saw the eyes in that judge. He almost shit his drawers, I guarantee you. He knows what I'm going to do. Well, you know, issuing a subpoena, things like that, there's ways to do that. I don't know how to do that. Maybe you've learned that because you kind of have gotten a bit of a legal education from being in a courtroom for five years. But, you know, I... I, I write my own motions now. <laughs> and they're causing people to have motions. So uh, under those robes, I guess. But well, as you can see, folks, Bob is uh, fearless. Uh, he believes he has the facts and the good Lord on his side. We will see. Uh, I'm concerned whenever I see somebody go to battle uh, without uh, without the uh, the armor that they need to protect themselves, to defend themselves. Uh, not saying I want one outcome or another. I just like to always see a fair fight. That's why... I was going to say something about Republicans and Democrats and Michigan State and the, and, and the Wolverines and all that stuff. I just want everything to be fair, and I want the right outcome to happen, whatever it may be. Bob, uh, we'll be following this case. Um, I hope that uh, you get a fair shake, and I hope that your go-it-alone attitude isn't what ultimately is the biggest impediment to seeing some justice done here. I'm going to have to check the courtroom in the back where the judge's chamber is. I think Hunter Biden's back there smoking crack with these cats. You know what I mean? Oh, man. They got to be doing something back there. I, I, uh, I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling this thing is going to be uh, oh, man. a little different than your typical, uh, typical. I will say this. I will think. I, I do think Bob, you will win the perception battle. Hey, I'm a winner, baby. Bring this shit on. I don't care. I'm not guilty of nothing. I, that's why they can't take me to court. They had me in court for five years. They tried to break me. They put two tethers on me for two and a half years. They wouldn't let me take care of my mother. My mother fell and died during this case. Judges didn't have no heart for me to take care of an 80-year-old woman who her only person to take care of her was her son. That's a shameful. These judges and prosecutors should be charged just like us. They're no bigger and better. You give them a robe, you give them a hammer, right? And they think they could do anything. Mm -hmm. They got to be responsible for their decisions. So, well, there's there's Bob Carmack. He is uh, he's fighting for himself, and a lot of people feel like he's fighting for them too. We will see how this case plays out. Um, again, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride. Bob, thanks for coming in, and uh, and best of luck in all future endeavors because uh, you've got a lot going on. God bless America, brother. Okay. Uh, the one and only Bob Carmack, <laughs> Mayor Duggan's least favorite uh, resident of the, uh, of the West Side. And, uh, and we should probably tell you about a couple people who are out there trying to make your life easier. Uh, not folk heroes, but they are, they are people who might be worth doing some business with. And they are experts at what they do. That would be Mr. David Hall and Mr. Luke Nowacki, who Mark has some some very valuable information to share regarding these gents. Yeah, there's nobody more professional, in my opinion, when it comes to mortgages than David Hall. And Hall Financial, and Hall Financial, they can do a lot for you. Um, they can get equity out right now if you want to uh, pay off other high-interest debts. 
uh, or make home updates, or if you're thinking about buying a home and inventory is starting to go up, make sure you call Hall, get a five-star certified pre-approval, the pre-approval that all realtors trust and buyers love. Uh, you can check them out at callhallfirst.com or go to our website, mlsoladetroit.com. There's a little uh, picture there. You can click on Hall to get to callhallfirst.com or you just simply call them 866 866- Call Hall. And another way to make money is with Luke Nowacki. He's the investment guy we trust. 248-663-4748. You can get a free consultation to figure out what are my financial goals? Where do I need to be? There's actually just a big story about uh, Gen Z and how much they think they need and when they're going to retire. They think they're going to retire by age 60. uh, And they think they only need $1.2 million uh, to live at the same lifestyle, which most economists say you're insane. That's really hard to do unless you start saving right now at age 20. Isn't that crazy? So, As long as it's in Bitcoin, they'll be <laughs> Find a financial guy that'll get you on the right track. We recommend Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke, he'll make it all about you, Gen Z sweethearts. <laughs> Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? It's Sean Windsor's favorite part of the show, so we welcome Sean in virtually in the uh, in our Zoom portal. Sean, d- did you like last week's show? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. I'm sorry I missed it. What was your favorite part? Oh, you, what do you mean? Yeah, it was great. Sorry I missed it. You listened well, though, right? What was I your was favorite a, part? I was a, I was a part of it. So. Oh, I know, but you listened back. So, what was your favorite part? No, I looked. Uh, this is the the odd thing. Last night I looked because I thought, well, if I dial in for this week, I need to uh, be prepared a little bit. So I looked. Well, you had a Apple. week to check it out. <laughs> well, I did. That's true. So I looked one of the nights last week, and uh, and and only two episodes came up. What on Apple? So is that? Hang on. Did you change the name? Because you, you oh, type boy. in ML Solo Detroit on the Apple Podcast, and there were two episodes, and they were both fairly old. What? Maybe. Yeah, no, I see was, them all. I see them all. My sounds like operator error. You think so? Yeah, I, I mean, I see them all on my phone. And I thought, well, maybe we're in some other place. Mike's always talking about different platforms and so forth. And you know me, I'm a total fool and luddite, not by choice. And uh, so I couldn't find them. Okay, well, we're we're glad to have you here. We hope you're getting your rest and reconnecting with your family. And uh, we have yes. a we have I'm a. I'm not in Scotland, by the way. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> Oh really? No. Okay. That's a, a you little... look uh, like you're something someplace exotic. Yeah. yeah, right. My my house. I think uh, it's I'm, you know I'm missing you guys. So and it's going to be a while because I won't be around for next week either. I'll I'll dial in from Las Vegas. Um, we can do that. Speaking of platforms, hi. I think a lot of the dancers wear platforms out there. So. Well, I'm going out for the uh, the basketball. You know the the summer league, NBA summer league. Is that what the what the sports writers call round ball? That is what they call round ball. And have you ever been out to Vegas in July? I oh, God, no. Not. It's been a while since I've been to Vegas in general. Yeah, Actually, no, no I take it back. I, I was out there in the summer for a bachelor party, and it was one of the hottest places I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it's 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 not fun. It's weird because, you know, Vegas is Vegas, but, yeah, in the middle of the summer, it is it is tough. <laughs> at that bachelor party, we had a buddy who um, served in the Iraq War, and he goes, this is way hotter 
than the Iraq war. I'm like, no, I, I believe it. I've been to I've been to Arizona for work in the middle of the summer and Phoenix, which is really really hot. But the, I don't. I'm not sure what it is about Vegas in that particular spot. It is. It's a dry it's heat. Crazy hot. <laughs> well, this is something I wouldn't expect. Uh, Sean Windsor. Weatherman? Not having fun in Vegas. I was wondering if there's one guy in the country who'd be like, oh, Vegas, man, it's not a very fun place. Who would it well, be? Say, oh, probably me, Sean. Probably Sean. Too much fairness, debauchery. In fairness to me, our, our beat writer uh, who covers the Pistons, Amari Sankova the second, he goes out there. He goes the the day of the first game. He, he tries to get out of there as soon as possible. He, he can't take it. A lot of the folks don't like it. Why? And, it's Vegas. Uh, part of it's the heat, you know, but Vegas is the thing. It's got to be your thing. And if you don't gamble and you know, the food, it's, it's not like, you you're don't going like entertainment, there getting, you're not getting steak. And I, look, I saw Wayne Newton in the nineties out there. Me too. So I'm good. Loved him. And I, and I stayed at the sand. So I, I'm good. I've got that experience. Yeah. You know? But I, there's other residencies. I, isn't you two in a residency or Katy Perry? I mean, there you go. I can see Sean front row at Katy Perry. Morrissey yeah, did yeah, a residency yeah. in Adele. Vegas. Isn't Adele playing there right now? I mean, there's lots of things you could do, Sean. Just wait, Morrissey's out there? Okay, never no, mind. No, no, he did do a residency, but he he's, did? he's not very time. not Morrissey. Yeah, no, it's not Morrissey at all. Or maybe, it was probably maybe an off-strip uh, maybe he casino did Broadway. he played that, right? I think he did it in Vegas. Sean, you don't gamble at all? You don't like playing cards or just sitting No, I've never been a card guy. Uh, huh. You know, I played, uh, I played a few slots the first time I was out there at the airport, and I was good. Craps? No, how about you? Hey, we, I'll play you. <laughs> we have we have documentary evidence that when Sean went to Vegas, he brought a computer with him. He brought a laptop. I mean, that's that's not that's not a that's not party guy. That's not no. I mean, I, I'm one of the few beat guys or or journalists who cover this event. I don't stay on the strip. I stay that down by the airport, which is actually close to the strip. You yeah. guys know that. Oh, I mean, yeah. McCarran is McCarran is. You come in for a landing, you're coming in right next to the casinos. But I stay south a little bit and a little, uh, just a low-key place, and there are no slots in the lobby, and I'm good. Just gets a little cocaine and hangs out with his wolf pack. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. That's good. All this conversation has made me do is made me want to go back to Las Vegas. Does it? I'd rather oh, yeah. go just oh, yeah. get in a, I'd rather get in a rental car and go to Hoover Dam, you know? Yeah, but hey, you see that once, you're done with it. No, for sure. Yeah, dismiss the 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 giant uh, achievements of, of mankind. No, I don't dismiss it. It's uh, has it changed since last time I've been there? Probably not. Huh. Maybe not a little check less the water, water the water level of Lake Mead or anything. Yeah, probably a little. I was at well, last year. I went and it was it was low. So I was just thinking, you know, all the more reason people are going to come to our state. <laughs> it is the water wonderland. The the uh, land o lakes. So is Sean our so. Geek of the Week? Is that what we're saying? No, but this transition is like butter, baby. Lando Lakes butter. Because our Geek of the Week is from another place that's surrounded by water. It is Australian uh, military artifact collectors. Now, I know that seems kind of obscure, but Australia has banned the sale of Nazi artifacts, and so now there is a rush in Australia to buy as many Nazi artifacts as you can possibly buy before this ban comes into effect. Sellers say that this bill that was passed by the Australian legislature, the parliament, prompted a frenzy of buying and selling with signed pictures of Hitler, Himmler, and Rommel sold at auction on the Gold Coast at record prices. They are going nuts. Uh, James Jamie Blewett, an owner of JB Military Antiques, Western Australia's largest military antique store, says it's an avalanche. Really, 
I've been a full-time dealer for 14 years and I've never seen the number of people ring, email, or buy from us. It's like the fuel station's about to run out of fuel, so they are filling up. If people are offended by it, we can just put a sticker on the swastika. People collect this stuff because they are military fans. They are history nuts. They aren't pro-neo-Nazis. And German military memorabilia is very popular. But I've never once sold anything to neo-Nazis. I mean... Well, I... Um... I mean, you're pro Nazi memorabilia. Is that where we're at? No, not at all. But he has a point. I mean, museums collect stuff. It's kind of a weird law. He he does have a point that when you ban something, you make it more desirable. In mm -hmm. the same way that when people worried, oh, AR-15s might be banned, people are running out to buy AR-15s, and it's why prohibition didn't work. Because when you tell people they can't have something, you're going to find a way to have it, and the people who provide it may not be the finest citizens in our society. But anybody who wants to own Nazi memorabilia, whether they're buying it in a frenzy because they think it's going to be harder to get or because they're selling it to make a buck, I got to tell you something. Anybody who makes a penny off anything connected to the Nazis, you are my Geek of the Week. I just want to say too, last week's uh, Room 7609, the Glastonbury performance. Yes. With the Smiths cover. I watched a little more of that. It, and I'm not a Smiths fan, but it was really it was really good. I don't know if you watched any more of it. No, I need it, to. I, I think we may have had a problem with YouTube because we, we played the video. So if you're going to look for last week's episode on YouTube, you may want to check it out on Facebook. It should be up there somewhere. The video, that is. But the full audio great. is always available. Yep. Great performance. By the way, I had a Geek of the Week, and I Whoa. wanted to get it in real quickly. Yeah, Mike. Because he's having his annual yard beer party and didn't, you know, check with me. I'll be in Vegas when he's doing it. It's, uh, Wait, it's you're going to bad. Vegas? I've made the last two and uh, was hoping to make it three in a row, but nope. I wasn't Thanks. invited either, apparently. Jeez. Thanks to Mike just throwing it out there randomly without checking with anybody that, you know, cares know about it. Happening. Yeah, thank well, you. Well, it's, it's, there's a difference between work colleagues and friends, huh? Yeah, it's it's coming up this weekend. I I guess everybody's invited now. Thanks, thanks, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't give a day or say where it was. I just you know, it's, uh, but uh, <laughs> gonna miss you, buddy. Um, well, this week this week's room seven six zero nine is inspired by Sean Windsor, even though he doesn't seem to hold me in very high regard. And it's brought to you by the Cadu Cafe, the pride of the East Side, which is where you can find great beets, great eats. Not great meats. I mean, the meat is great, but that's that's the uh, butchery uh, that's a butchery uh, 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 tagline. So we, we hope we hope that Dave Hubbard and his family are doing great out there. But uh, Kaju Cafe, great food, great music, indoors and outdoors. If you are looking for a great time on the east side, we highly recommend that you go to the Kaju Cafe on Friday. David Winans is playing Saturday. Barbara Payton and Chris. Kurzawa's Led Zeppelin tribute. Sunday, Gary Greenfelter's Big Band. Monday is Blue Monday, open blues jam, and it's also muscle madness, all the ma muscles you can eat. And there's always something great going on at the Kaju Cafe. The kitchen is open till midnight most nights. If you want to find out more, find out who's playing, what's coming up, go to kajucafe.com. 
Thompsontwins.com. And this is in honor of Sean Windsor, big basketball fan, the Thompson Twins. We have one of them now here in Detroit. And this is a song that really is why we always like to have Sean with us because he does everything in the name of love. So, which is your favorite Thompson twin, Sean? I, w- one of them. No, the basketball players. Oh, the basketball players. I thought we were talking about music. Well, our, our Room 7609 selection was the Thompson twins. We know that you're a basketball fanatic, and the Pistons drafted one of the Thompson twins, so we thought that was a very uh, a very brilliant tie-in. But once again, yeah, no, that's no, that's a great tie-in. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> okay. How about how about that? I love the enthusiasm and the <laughs> incisive commentary. <laughs> I can't tell them apart. I'll tell you that much. I, I did listen to an interview with both of them together. 
and they both seem like really good kids, really smart, really sharp, you know, not the kind of guy that, um, I, I don't know who's who, but not the kind of guy who's gonna, you know, pull out a, a gun or a toy gun on Instagram. Well, no, one thing I thought was interesting about them, maybe Mike doesn't think this, but I wouldn't agree with this, but the, a sewer, a sewer, mm-hmm. I'm probably mispronounce, mispronouncing his name, sorry, talked about it in his news conference the other day in uh, Detroit when he was introduced to the, uh, you know, the fan base, that when he and his brother were, I don't know, it was in the last few years, they would have a contest with each other. They would throw out an NBA team, and then that person I had to list yeah. all 15 players on the roster. Yeah. And they knew every single player on every single team because that's how much they study and, and watch and are into it. I just thought, oh, that's kind of. It's great. No, it means they love Just make the a sport. little mental note of that. They're like, they're serious. It suggests that they're serious. Whether they work out or not, who knows? But that little tidbit suggests that they uh, will put everything they have into trying to make it work. Yeah. The only question is, can he learn how to shoot better? That's a great question. Yeah, was it, that's really the only question with them. Character seems good. Athleticism seems good. Defense uh, seems better than average. I, yeah, I, with the potential to be way better than average. Yeah, it's just uh, can he shoot? Can he learn to shoot better? That's a tough one. I love the well, Mike person to shoot. I love the person who said, and I heard Eli say. I don't know if he was the one who coined it, but you know, the Pistons draft. Uh, a Thompson, and they don't even get the best one of the Thompsons. That was my joke. Was that yours? Yeah. I, I heard that. On they, had the fi- they had the fifth pick in the draft, yeah. and they didn't even get the best one in the family. Yeah, I thought that was that. That <laughs> could be a, a, a throwaway. Uh, that could be a uh, a telling uh, analysis. <laughs> but my favorite Thompsons are the Thompson twins from the Adventures of Tintin, <laughs> where the band got their name. But uh, no Tintin fans out there. No, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I thought we had a big audience that really appreciated Belgian comics. Well, no, is more just the lame pun, but whatever. Okay, but I like that you associated it with the NBA Thompson Twins. Now, I'm trying to I'm trying to build up some uh, excitement for the uh, for the Pistons, and of course, last week the the Red Wings had their big draft, and uh, going to see how that that guy fits into the lineup. It's going to be very interesting to see if this is an immediate <laughs> contribution or something that has to uh, has to marinate a little bit in the yeah. AHL or in college. Well, so. well, you know how hockey is. It's like baseball. These guys just take a while. It's not like mm-hmm. football or basketball where their impact's a little more immediate. Well, some do. I mean, there's this, this uh, Connor McDavid fellow who seemed to have an immediate impact, and even more cider, and Lucas Raymond was better in his first year than his second year. So you never know. But, but you are right. Most of them, like this Dela Cruz for the Reds, who's just – just seems like the greatest story in all of baseball this yeah. year. He kicked around in the minors for a few years before he came up and started. I think he was in his, what, his 12th game or something like that, and he already hit for the cycle. Yeah, that guy's been ridiculously good. I mean, insane. He's like some six foot five shortstop, yeah. and he, he weighs eight pounds and he hits for power. I mean, I can't wait till the Reds come to town. I think if you're a baseball fan and you have a chance to come and see Otani play with the yeah. angels or to see Dela Cruz come when the reds come or to see the Padres with that killer lineup, you know, you got to go, that's worth going to see whatever we put on the field. I used to always love going to see him when they played uh, Seattle, just because of Ichiro. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen a guy like that. He's out of the batter's box almost before he's hit the ball. It was just so fun to watch some of these, these, um, I, I think the unicorn term is overused, but, but these really singular, 
outstanding athletes. So hopefully, hopefully the Red Wings found one. And um, well, you know, just remember, Cider sat for a couple of years, right? I mean, not sat, but played in. Uh, well, he played in leagues. Sweden, and I, you're right. I think he did do a year in the AHL, or he did do some time, and he got he caught did. up in the pandemic too. So it's kind of tough to to read. All he that. did, but but Raymond McDavid, came right McDavid's, away. Yeah, McDavid is a little bit different, but even the even most great prospects are. Uh, in hockey and baseball, you know, you you do time before you you get up to the bigs. Yeah, no, we're we're hoping uh, someday to get called up to the Drew and Mike show. So this is our fourth year in the minor leagues, but uh, and, and well, I'm ML, probably holding it back. We're doing the work. ML, you nailed the the nail on the head though when you're talking about um, you know all these players in baseball coming through because major baseball finally got it right where it's like, hey, maybe we should make sure all our stars visit every market. Um, in the league, and they finally have that different schedule now, where they got rid of, you know, the Tigers playing the Indians nineteen times in a year. To oh where yeah, everybody will visit, so that's great. No, and, and the Red Wings used to be the model for that. You saw them sell more tickets out west than any other team because everybody wanted to go see the Red Wings. Well, now, remember when they were in the Western Division too? Which I know that and, was so frustrating. And now nobody wants to see them here at home. But yeah, maybe maybe well, that's about to get change. Get a good play. Get some good players. So uh, so okay. So we will have Sean remotely uh, for future shows. Um, no feedback for you this week, um, and uh, sadly, no donations, although that's not true either. The feedback we got is that we couldn't make donations because our Venmo link isn't working, so we will continue to work on that, and if you would like to try again, we would be very grateful. So uh, it, is, it is the 4th of July. We hope you are listening to us when you're with friends and family, that you've got your sunscreen on, that you're not getting bitten by one of these malaria-bearing mosquitoes but that you are by a big, beautiful body of water and that you are having a fun, safe time and that you're telling your friends about us, that you're sharing the show, that you're rating the show, and that you're looking forward to next week's edition because we are going to have an amazing guest. And I'm going to tease you because I'm so excited about this. We are going to have oh, yeah, the guitar right. player yeah. for Terrible yeah. Ted Nugent will be joining us. And I, I forgot to mention last week, I saw Ted Nugent play... God bless America. Yeah. On uh, at the Trump event. At right? the Trump mm-hmm. event on his. Uh, I saw my Birdland. I was playing. I can't even do a Ted, but he's. Yeah. There's, there's nobody like that dude. <laughs> but you're referring to Derek St. Holmes, right? Yes. Okay. Derek St. Holmes is going to be here with us. That'll be great. That'll be fun. Of Detroit. So, uh, so Sean, good to see you. Hopefully, you have safe travels. Um, bring us back some knowledge. No syphilis. And, uh, <laughs> Welcome back, Mike. Uh, it was definitely not the same without you in studio. Mark would attest oh, to man. that. Well, I've been back for it's a couple great. weeks now, but yeah, it's 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 good to be here. The time just flew. Yeah, no. Well, you have. You have. But uh, for some reason, our paths haven't crossed, and we got one more week where that's going to happen. But Aww. then hopefully, at some point before the summer's over, we will all three be in studio again. Yeah. Well, and of course, um, it would be nice if you could join us this beep at beep address for that big party that we have every year. <laughs> but yeah, no, gone. but it's, uh, yeah, you didn't consult with any of your peoples. So I guess, did you? Sean and I are going to, we're going to have our own yard beer party. Okay. Just you yeah, and me. That, Across yeah, Mark, the street from ML. I, Can I, we borrow your neighbor's lawn? Actually, somebody somebody got caught uh, relieving themselves on my neighbor's lawn and it caused some tension a few years ago. Oh, so can I borrow the other neighbor's lawn? Um, if you kill right, the weeds. fine. Sean, just come over. We'll hang out. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. I, I look forward to the to the uh, the famous yard beer party, but I guess not this year. 
So what is what? And again, that's beep. It's a beep. So we hope to see you all there. What's uh, what's Carlos going to do with you away in Vegas? I'm not sure. He's been uh, he's been off himself lately. So you know, it's worked out just fine. To be honest. <laughs> if we had the greatest hits, we'd run those. But who knows what they're putting up there? I don't know. I, I just try to write some columns and. Uh, you know, leave the podcasting to the professionals. Like um, y'all. Maybe, maybe Carlos and I will catch up on this uh, when we get together on beep <laughs> at uh, beep for the uh, Oh, is Carlos, party. In, Carlos is invited? Okay. Of course. In fact, <laughs> I was going to do it the weekend before, but it wasn't convenient for Carlos. So probably we invited <laughs> Drew and you probably invited Drew and Brandon and Trudy and, Look at and that. Charlie. Scotland, Scotland didn't make him any nicer <laughs> at all. I, I told Joy, I said, make sure Mark and Sean know when we're having the party. <laughs> he said, he said, you know what he said? What? That's what he said. Yeah, okay. He's pretty Joe Joe like. Yeah, we know where we know where we stand. They call him I the do, Sphinx. But, uh, I'm just glad that uh, you know I can call you my pal. You know, it, I'll take it. It, it I'll, is it is one of the labels that have been thrust on me that I do not reject. I'm proud. To, I'm proud to. I'm proud to bear that imprimatur. imprimatur. I'm, imp- yeah, I'm grateful. So I'll take what I can get. How about that? It sounds very Vegas like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Sean, well, oh. if uh, unless you find yourself in somebody's trunk, we will look forward to seeing you remotely <laughs> from Vegas. And remember, yeah. when you're in Vegas, don't let anybody, you know, blank on you. Oh, I thought you were going to say don't let anybody take you out as a way to get to Cyrus. <laughs> oh, even better. See, what a professional. Yeah, at least it's just, John said, just, you just do it. Yeah, once more with feeling. Cyrus, take us out. No, I thought you were going to do a whole thing. When in Vegas. What was I going to do? Oh, oh it's, it's great to see you guys. I love this show. <laughs> Life's awesome. Sometimes Cyrus, take us out. And when Sometimes you're in Vegas, you got to get when they go. They go and it's good. And when you're in Vegas, make sure someone doesn't take you out. Like Cyrus. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Do you trust me? I trust you. know what hand you're going to get dealt next. You learn to take life as it comes at you. To make each episode count. I will never let go, Sean.